0: Brought to you by Make Fun Network.
1: Welcome to Lost Legends, Tales of Theron.
2: This is Ben, the DM. The Kaboom forces the ship forward into the water. And we just keep firing the cannons until inch by inch we make it west.
0: My name is Theron. My uncle was his
3: college roommate. Helenon, what you use this for is you use this to defeat the Dusk Bunnies.
1: I'm Big Boots. I'm your new best friend. They want biscuits? Oh, they want those backdoor biscuits. My
4: name's Magna. You're chained up? That's kinky.
1: You can call us the Dirty Water Boys. You are the Dirty Water Boys?
2: Last time on Lost Legends, Tales of Thern, our heroes successfully dueled an adult red dragon, causing it to flee and saving the town of Moonhaven for the time being. After a night of celebration, a murder was reported. The fisherwoman, Margaret Baylor, was found with her chest ripped open, heart missing, indicating the presence of a werewolf in the city. An armorer, Michael Fleming, witnessed and was wounded in the attack, rallying the town against his prime suspect, the homeless vagabond, Floyd Archer. Meanwhile, Kalanon woke up in the barn outside of town, shirt-torn and covered in someone else's blood. He approached Moonhaven just in time to prevent the mob riot. With the help of Elder Beechcroft, Kalanon was able to arrange a meeting with Zetas, the Goddess of Pestilence, and a member of the Forgotten Three. She made him an offer. In exchange for teaching the cure to lycanthropy and vampirism, she would require the following. First, absolute secrecy as to the nature of their deal. Second, the death of the vampire Luther Ashendale, and third, a favor to be paid at some point in the future. Zetas also revealed that Kalanon was not the only werewolf in Moonhaven, and that the other was the true murderer. Kalanon accepted her offer, and our scene continues as he opens the door to the great halls of Moonhaven to address the crowd.
1: Welcome back, guys. How we doing? Hey, I'm Logan, and this is the Dirty Water Club. I'm Hello. Rusty. It's been like th- a three weeks since we were recorded. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like, like there that. Have yeah.
3: Been longer stretches.
1: There have, but like, I completely changed my entire sleep schedule since then, so it feels like it's longer. But how's everyone doing? Logan said, "Logan's a day Good. boy now." I'm a day walker. <laughs> <laughs> doing well. Yeah, the eighth graders this
2: year are super enjoyable. They're just like. I don't know. Really funny. A little weird. Pretty silly.
1: When are 10 you, out of
2: 10 would teach.
1: When are you prepared to tell them about the truth about aliens?
2: Well, that's a conversation that we usually save around Christmas time so that they have time to process.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you need a guest speaker, hit me up.
3: <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> How's everyone else doing? Check in real quick. Sterling, how you doing?
3: I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? How's that stream going? Stream's going... Pretty well, actually. Having fun. Currently playing Breath of the Wild. Um, Yeah, having lots of fun. Nice. I did pick up, you might know this, I did pick up a durian for one of the recipes that I have. Oh, shit! For real? For real. You got a real durian? Mm -hmm. Where'd you get it? Uh, Asian Market in uh, Davenport. Oh, nice! Uh, What are you going to make with it? Uh, So there's a roasted durian, but there's also a cake... Recipe, okay. Of putting it into like the cake, and I'm gonna try that. Awesome. Well, let me know how that is.
1: Oh, yeah. If you that's need a question. taste tester, I'll drive up and drop off your stickers and t- taste the cake too.
3: That's that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As someone that's
1: totally on the outside,
2: what is a durian? Is it an ingredient? Durian. Like a cooking utensil? Like what? Is, so
3: I have no concept here. It is actually like this very spiky fruit, but it's 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 big. It's it's big too. So it's by, pineapple size i would say
1: like football um, size
3: yeah a little bigger yeah, than football yeah. the however <laughs> <laughs> the, aura, the aura of the durian is the fact that it is pungent it is a fresh durian smells awful frozen which is the one on that i have won't probably be as strong but it will be uh, the window's got to be open i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna make this in like the middle of summer <laughs> <or after laughs> you air conditioning on no, 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 no. We're gonna wait until it's fall. I can open up the windows. I can air out the house. It will be fine. Yeah, it's
1: supposed it's to very smell. Lattes. It's supposed to smell like rotting flesh. Some people say a lot of public transit in. It's from Southeast Asia, so my homeland. Uh, shout out to uh, Sunvo, my my brother in Vietnam. Um, he it's it's like not allowed on public transport to eat at all. Um, it, like Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam. So. I've always wanted to try a real one. I got some like weird cakes that were made out of it, and it was mm-hmm. Mung Bean and Durian, and it was it was not what I liked at all. <laughs> one
3: bite, and I'm like, I'm done. But <laughs> yeah, that's they, really interesting. Yeah. Uh Logan, there is more. I can point you in that direction. More uh, durians. Oh yeah. Uh just hit me up with the with the link to the address for the market. I'll oh, yeah. I'll head down
1: there sometime. Joey, how you been? I've been okay. You want to talk into your mic?
4: <laughs> yes I've been alright I've been alright I, I, I'm scared to have it like too close or too far away Like right here is good It's not in my personal bubble I just need to speak up a little bit Instead of mumble like I usually do
1: True I got that mumble rap problem too Yo, what <laughs> I, I mumble a lot too when I talk That's fair But it's whatever I'm I had a speech impediment as a child i Metroid dread. Metroid dread oh. I don't know what that it's is
4: it's a, it's
1: a Metroid game. Yeah. Do you have a Switch?
4: Yeah. Oh. I never use it because, I, I, I mean, I haven't. Last game I played on it, Animal Crossing. That was the last time. Okay. And it's been a hot minute since.
3: <laughs> it's been like your a year. Village, your village feels neglected.
4: Yeah, a little
1: bit. Yeah, <laughs> Way to go, I mean, yeah. Sasuke. Hey?
4: Yeah, sorry.
3: <laughs> See, a, you're you're such a like
1: saucy a... baka. <laughs>
2: just sounds like a Tamagotchi with extra steps.
1: Mm <laughs> hmm. Alec, what's up with you, buddy? Absolutely nothing. You got a new job. You start? You work at the same place I do. Yeah, I work at the same place Logan do. Just different building, so I never see you. I haven't even seen you walking out of the building. Every day when I drive past the parking lot, I'm like, do I see Alec? Do I, see? I haven't seen you once.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I park at the way, 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 way end.
1: So, like, mm. across the railroad tracks in a hidden area.
0: Like, a big parking lot. Same Smoke shift times, me. or? Yeah, because I'm on now, first now, too. So, now, yeah. 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 But who's now. on second? I don't know.
1: Not falling for that, Abbott. <laughs> it's
0: third base, <Dace>, come on. <laughs> I don't know if I'm third.
1: Uh, yeah, I have I moved to first shift. Uh, it feels great. to. This is our first time recording with me fully awake with a full night's sleep. This is like the first time ever. So I might be different, I might be more entertaining, or I might be more unbearable. We'll find out. <laughs> more unbearable. Also, I've gotten really into ska music the last couple of weeks. Anyone here a fan <laughs> of ska?
0: Cool. I liked it in, like, middle school.
1: Man. How was that? Early high school. It's like, it's like punk rock, but with, like, horns Trumpet and trumpets. And trumpets and
0: stuff.
1: It's like, I can't help but not smile. It's, like, helped my mental health so much. I'm like, dude, I'm just happy listening to Ska. I'm like, yeah, I'm bouncing around. It's great. What you Everyone like, go then? listen to Ska. <laughs>
0: I've
2: never name, heard d- a
1: name. Oh, sorry about that. I was just going to say, I- I've never, like, listened to a
2: lot of Ska, but I've heard it described as the music that goes through a middle schooler's head when you order extra
1: mozzarella sticks. And you're not wrong. Yeah. And it's like that every day now. Listen to Ska. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's, there's like those one or two Ska songs that everyone knows and doesn't realize they're Ska. But then Right. You get like, Modern
1: but like, Ska is good, too. Uh, we Are the Union, their lead singer is transgender, and like, she fucking kills it. Like, she is awesome. Check out We Are the Union if you're a Ska fan. They're really good. But, all right, let's, enough catch up. I just wanted to test that out to see. Let's just do an actual checkup with everyone, because, you know, let's get to know each other a little bit. The listener and us. Ben, our boys, uh, Callie, just did a no-no, right? Indeed. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> the uh, the Dirty Water Boys, Elder Beechcroft, and uh, that would be Lena Malfour, who's like the sheriff, the leader of Moonhaven. Uh, you guys have all been outside of the main hall, just kind of, you know, like in anticipation. There's a mob crowd kind of gathered around in a half circle around the steps leading up to the Great Hall, and uh, you have not heard a peep come from it. As soon as you close the door, it's like silence from the inside. Um, after what seems like the longest half an hour of your life, you finally hear the door unlock from the inside, and out comes Kalanon. Um, you'd see that his face is kind of a pale white, like all the colors drained from it. He um, looks rather tall and lean, like he could use a, a hot meal and a warm bath. Lena Malfour and Elder Beechcroft are going to come up to Kalanon. Beechcroft would throw his throw his arm around your shoulder, Kalanon, so you can kind of like lean on him for weight, you know? Um, as Lena starts kind of quietly whispering, pressing you for questions. Or pressing you for
3: information. I'm sorry, I just, I can't recall anything.
2: So you see you're just, her head drops, and she says don't tell me we're going to have to kill that poor homeless man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Just go ahead and kill him.
3: <laughs> so, so suddenly I forgot what happened last week. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so just kind of recapping the situation. So yeah. you guys defeated the red, the red dragon. It flew off with its tail between yeah. his legs. Um, There's the night of celebration. And then you woke up in a barn uh, covered mm-hmm. in someone else's blood, yep, like yep. shirt ripped to shreds. And then meanwhile, there was a murder inside the city. Uh, Margaret Baylor, the fisherwoman, was killed, heart ripped out. And then a witness, uh, Michael Fleming, was, you know, he's got his arm in a sling. Mm,
3: yeah, yeah, said yeah.
2: he was also attacked by the werewolf. And so he's pinning it on
1: a town vagabond,
3: which yeah, is okay, Floyd yeah. Archer. All right. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then what um, were the pretense of Callie going into this building? I know, like, he communicated with the, with the goddess, played by Kiki from Mission Spooky. Shout out. Um, why, why did he have to go in there? I forgot.
2: Well, it was to commune with the goddess trying to find a, a, a cure for lycanthropy. Cause currently, you know, there isn't one that exists. That's mm-hmm. because she as a member of the forbidden three was locked away before she could share the cure to her right. disease that was created. She kind of yeah. likes the, the, the back and forth, you know, if everyone gets sick and dies, then no one else gets sick and dies. So she always has the cure and then, or the disease and then the cure so that there's kind of people constantly getting sick from it. Um, but yeah, she was locked away before she could give the cure to anyone. So Kalanon, the cure, so the spell is cure lycanthropy slash uh, vampirism, and mm-hmm. it's a second level spell. Okay.
1: And uh-huh. he, he learned that,
2: that. Yep, she taught it to you. Yeah. Okay. Got so it. the yeah.
1: townspeople knew that it was the goddess of pestilence that he was going to go talk to? Uh-uh. Who who do they think that he to? No, that was known to? by
2: you guys, Lena, and Elder Beatscroft. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> but yeah, and then um, so against a willing creature, it just automatically works. But against an adversary, there's a it's a spell save DC, uh, which is your your DC. If they fail, they get cured. If they su- uh, succeed, then they fight off your your cure, so to speak. And you can try it again the next turn.
3: OK, I kind of think I, I kind of think I know where this is going now. And just to play out the scene a little bit more. She thinks that I know of what happened. Or I did it just to make sure. Well, at because this point, have been accused.
2: at this point, they're not really sure what to think. I mean, you came in yeah. and you know, this guy, that's the witness is saying it was the homeless guy, Floyd Archer. Yeah, you yeah. come in covered in blood, you know, like even I remember you washed it off, but like your shirt was still kind of stained red mm-hmm. and, and ripped red shirt, you know? So okay. like, yeah, okay. this was to, to seek enlightenment, try and figure out what was actually going on. And you, your character would remember Zaitis actually said, you know, that you as a, as a werewolf were innocent of the murder. Oh, I, that, I know.
3: I, yeah. yeah, I remember that. I just, that you, yeah. this situation, I, need, I needed a little bit more context onto this. All right.
2: Yes. Um, so you went in there seeking answers. Okay. And so I she's got, trying to press you interest. for those answers to be like, who are we stringing up today? Who's responsible?
3: Okay. I thought that was because I still have to protect the secret. I was just like, I can't really, like, I can't say. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Because Zadis was just like, hey, you tell anybody. (laughs) Null and void. If we're being honest, do we really think it's the Vagabond?
2: Lena just takes a moment and uh, just kind of looks over and the crowd is kind of hushed like they're trying to listen in. She just says, well, that's what our, I, I mean, that's what the witness says. I. Are are you saying that Michael Fleming could be lying or mistaken?
3: Do I think that Michael Fleming is using the vagabond as a scapegoat because it's easier for them to disappear than, like, say, a normal person in the, or like a highly touted person in the town? Yeah. I think it was a very easy choice for him to make. Now, I want you to be honest with me. Do you really think that a werewolf, powerful as they are, that this Michael Fleming was able to get away with just his arm in a sling?
2: At that, she she kind of picks up what you're throwing down. She smells what you're stepping in. She says, well, well, no, how, how would he have escaped? And she turns to the guards and says, seize that man, pointing at Michael Fleming, at which point they, you know, the guards kind of collapse in on him. There's like two guys holding each arm and they kind of like, like one of the, like the fifth guard comes in, knees him in the gut doubles him over and then they put him on the ground on his knees at which point he looks up looks up the stairs at you and Kalanon you just see hatred in his eyes and he starts to almost bare his teeth which you know it's the moon's not out so he's not like in werewolf form but almost like it's second, in, second instinct you know
3: your fangs are going to be out for quite a while are they
2: he just he, he doesn't even respond he just grits you know bears his teeth and you see this white froth start running down his mouth dripping onto the, the pavement. I see. Um, shot or. <laughs> 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 Apparently not. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So also, so when they go to grab his arm, the arm in the sling, um, they're able to, they kind of force it out of the sling and force it to the side. And mm-hmm. when the sling is ripped off, you'd be able to see that there is a cut there, but it is healed. Um, can I have you guys roll nature?
1: And we're the rest of the watch See all this. Yeah. Go the down. whole
2: town, okay. the whole mob, you guys, everyone is seeing the 19.
1: You said investigate, right? Nature. Na- nature. Mm-hmm. Nature. Oh, I thought you said. All right. Uh, same. 16. Either way. Six.
3: 19.
2: So anyone with a 15 or above uh, would be able to recall that fully formed, fully turned werewolves have a bit of a healing factor, meaning that any cuts, any scrapes, any bruises. Uh, heal up more rapidly than a normal person kind of lending credence to Michael Fleming being the true culprit
1: hey Fleming uh, what's up with your fucking arm dude do you either fake it and lie or are you healing like a, like a boogin
2: say so at this he turns to big boots and you see him start to sniff and he says uh, even a small heart like yours would be delicious you whelp you young pup
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because I'm a gnome, you don't think I can start some shit? This guy's the fucking werewolf. Fucking stone him now. Whoa, I can start some shit, motherfucker.
2: At this point, the the crowd just goes into a frenzy. They lead him up to the gallows that they had prepared for Floyd Archer. And, um, you know, they they put shackles on his his arms, like behind his back. They kind of strong arm him up there. The whole town is going nuts. There's people with pitchforks and torches. It'd be like nine-ish in the morning, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. And the whole place is in an uproar as Lena is trying to get the guards to control the crowd so that they can do this in an orderly fashion. Um, you know, she's very by the book. Um, as Michael Fleming gets up there, they put the noose around his neck, tighten it. Lena Malfour is able to work her way up to the up to the stage, so to speak, and, uh, and tries to quiet the crowd down. She looks at you guys, dirty water boys, kind of like a, like, help, please. Like, we, we want this to be done properly. We can't have rule, you know, mob rule. I I kind Uh, of started the mob. You guys want to someone else
3: want to take over? (laughs) Uh, I'll cast Thaumaturgy on myself. I will then cast Calm Emotions. And I will attempt to speak to the crowd. Calm Calm yourselves. Everything Everything will be dealt dealt with with accordingly. accordingly. This man will get his due punishment. punishment. But I need need you guys... For the peace of the town to settle, settle down. down.
2: How many people does calm, calm emotion effect?
3: Each humanoid in a 20 foot radius sphere centered on a point, which you choose must be with a range. So probably around Michael Fleming. So that would be a 40 foot diameter.
2: Perfect. Yeah. So everyone in that 40 foot diameter, they immediately like stop for a moment and they start to lower their pitchforks and lower their torches It kind of dies down into a murmur as they think on what you've just said. At this point, Michael Fleming looks over at you and he gnashes his teeth and he says, don't even bother. They're not even worth it. He says, I would have eaten my way through this town, too, if it wasn't for you and these others as you've interrupted my work.
3: What is your what is your work, if I might ask?
2: He says, well, the Dark One's going to need as many werewolves as he can get in the coming war. says, you know who, uh, whom I speak. And he casts a glance over at Theron.
3: Uh, I'll look back over to Theron, too. Theron flips him off.
2: At this, he says, well, by my life or death, the Dark One will know of what happened here. Just
1: do your worst. And he spits I, I, on the ground at your feet. I spit on his spit, and then I say, hey, how many more have you turned in this town?
2: He just looks at you, and that's when he gets this big toothy smile. You can see, like, there's still, like, his teeth are, now in the light, you can see his teeth are almost, like, stained red with blood right up near the gums. And he says, you'll just have to wait and find out, won't you? When's the next full moon? Good luck um, with
1: that. I cast a Own of Truth on his ass. Is
2: that a will save?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
2: Or wisdom save, I should say. Yeah, it's say. a wisdom. I got a 16 on the dice.
1: That meets. Well, wisdom, hang on. Uh, mm, yeah, that meets.
2: Yeah, at this uh, Lena's going to Now that the crowd's kind of died down. um, She's going to stand forward and properly accuse him. She says, Michael Fleming, you've been accused for the murder of the fisherwoman, Margaret Baylor, and the attempted murder of Floyd Archer. She says, how do you plead? At this, he just looks up at her and smiles and says, I'll see you in hell, Lena. And she nods, gives the signal to the guards, pull the lever. He drops through the floor. And he just
1: dies. <laughs> <laughs> he had a noose around his neck, right? He just didn't fall to the floor and he's dead now, right? Fall damage, a ton fall, of fall damage? fall damage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: he just dies.
2: <laughs> no, that's something in 5e that kind of nerfed a little bit from, like, the original d d Same with poison. Like, orig- OG D&D, it was poison was save or die. Oh, (laughs) and now it's like save or disadvantage on attack rules. And it's like, oh, that's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. You should at least do some like damage over time or something. You would think. But yeah, so at this, Lena is able to get the crowd to disperse, go back to their homes. She says there will more than likely be more dragons. This is just the beginning. If any of you feel the urge for eating a heart, just please come see us and we can problem solve from there. She says, there's no reason that this all has to end with death. Surely there's something else we can do. But in the meantime, to your homes, to your jobs, we have work to do. And she salutes and the crowd very slowly disperses back into the town. Hey, uh, hey Lena,
1: um, you might have a werewolf problem here. Um, you might want to keep your guard up, you know, maybe do an interrogation. See if Michael had any friends or close family in the area. You know, check them for, you know, just throw some silver at them once in a while. See what happens, you know?
2: She just smiles and she says, already on it. You see a platoon of guards searching different houses and stuff going through. You see the, the glint of silvered weapons as they go on and they, uh, you know, they start like pressing the silver against people's skin to see if it burns or leaves a mark at all. All right. a girl. And she turns to, uh, to Kalanon, Elder Beechcroft, turns to you guys and says, without you, our, our city would have been doomed. This Michael Fleming, I, I, I had no idea that he was working against us. She says, that is twice you've saved our hides now.
3: Unfortunately, he was uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing, uh, but I fear that there may be others afflicted in your town.
2: She says, well, if that is the case, they will be found. She says, now it seems to me that um, I'm twice in your debt. She says, "Uh, Beechcroft? She snaps her fingers and Elder Beechcroft comes up. You know, he digs in his deep robes in his pockets, and he pulls out an old map. Looks like it's made out of, uh, you know, like a leather type, just printed on, you know. Um, he unrolls it, and you can tell. I mean, it's falling apart um, hundreds of years old, you know, by the looks of it. And it shows a vague, you know, the, the, the ink that hasn't faded yet, shows a vague outline of the Idle Glen Forest. Mm-hmm. And it shows the, uh, the settlement of Moonhaven in the center like in the, the very base of the bowl, so to speak. And then up on the side and the, uh, the Western side, or I guess it would be the, the Northwestern side. There is a small archway. She says, now I, I believe that you came here seeking giants. Did you not?
3: We did. Uh, the giants and their, uh, technology.
2: She says, well, Elder Beechcroft <laughs> has been working on it all night. And this is the oldest map in the city that we could find. She lays it down on kind of the uh, on the, the floor of the stage there, flattens it out. She says that I believe is your giant's gate. That is your way in. If there ever were giants here, wherever they may have gone. She says, I believe that has something to do with it. It looks like a tall arch off amongst the, the trees. So the rest of the Dirty Water Boys see the map? Absolutely. Yeah, she lays out the map. And, you know, there's kind of the the bowl shape of the forest, like ink trees dotting the place. And then amongst the trees is the giant's gate.
1: Uh, How far away is it from here, roughly?
2: Uh, She would guess about a four hour hike by her
1: estimate. Okay. Uh, Is there any uh, any other information you got on this uh, gateway? She says, well, just that,
2: you know, no trappers or fishermen. No hunters or explorers have seen this gate in well since before I was born. She says this is the only evidence that we found of this gate even existing. She says, we call this place the Giants' Wood because there used to be a giant floating city above it? But uh, she says, "By I, I haven't found much evidence. The only evidence we've found of any giant activity here, really, is the uh, you know the the gauntlet that I wear." And she kind of shows you guys. It's like this. Uh, Like magical gauntlet You know able to cast giant sized Spells so to speak with like her um, Mage hand that pulled the dragon to the ground Um Things of that nature And then this map that shows The approximate location
1: of a giant's gate Alright boys uh We found our goober should we go
4: Yes sir (laughs) Uh,
1: Magnus aged About ten years (laughs) Yeah, uh, let's let's load up on Moxie and uh and, and head to it, guys. We'll we'll I let don't... this town deal with the repercussions that we caused.
3: <laughs> well, if, isn't it the consequences of our actions?
2: <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, are we um... the heroes? Question mark. <laughs> as, as the
0: great poet once said, "Consequences, schma consequences." <laughs>
4: Who said that was, that? I gotta know that Who's was beautiful the Theron.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I've been working on it for a while.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were a poet.
0: <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know it.
2: <laughs> so quick question before you guys head out, are you taking the Oracle and Bobby with you or just the Oracle or just Bobby or leaving him here in
1: protection of the city? I think they should come with because I think the city's not very safe right now. Yeah, werewolves right. and dragons. <laughs> In, in yeah, I was protection. Gonna
3: wow. Yeah.
4: I was
0: gonna take Bobby with us. Is there you want to go see some really tall folk? She says taller than you all. Much taller than Magna. This
4: I. Says, well, that I'm...
2: Tall? What do you like? 6'4"? Six, six. Just yeah, six.
3: Like, six feet. I guess
2: like average-ish. It's yeah. Not average. A little right. above average for a medieval ben, society.
1: Ben in real life six five, like <laughs> little boy. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Um, so they they hop on.
2: Nazera is thrilled. You know, she's heard many stories, read many books about the giants, but she's never had, you know, no one in this generation has had a chance to see a giant. It's been about uh, between two and three hundred years since the last reported giant sighting. You know, some people think they went extinct. Some people think they vanished. Some people think the gods just plucked them away. But, the you know, e- even now, the evidence of their existing is... They're turning more from a historical fact to a legend as the evidence um, gets more and more distorted and lost every single year. Uh, but you guys get on uh, Moxie. You're able to fly over the woods and you fly for maybe about an hour, just kind of at a good cruising speed above the treetops. And I would like you guys to make a perception roll. Four.
1: Twenty eight. Twenty four.
2: 15. Alright, so 28 and 24, you guys hear what sounds like an adult human male screaming bloody murder, saying, help, get off of me! Get off of me! Please! Please! Help! Anybody! Anybody! I can pay! Please! Please! Go on! Oh, what a beautiful day! You also hear the uh, the fluttering of wings kind of drowning out the uh, the sound of his cries.
0: Theron's gonna instantly, like, look around for the source of the noises.
2: Alright, so you'd have to go under the canopy of the trees and so you can hear it, but you can't quite see it until you lower Moxie down beneath the canopy.
0: Okay, so uh, he goes ahead ahead and lowers Moxie just like right underneath the tree canopy, but like still up in the leaves a little bit to where he can get like a little bit of a view without giving ourselves away. Alright,
2: so um, now that you are under the canopy, you're able to see it looks like dozens of hollowed out beehives look like they've been reinforced with wood and uh, you know, kind of like a, like a clay sort of sort. So they look much hardier than a beehive. Uh, very much like earlier in the season, like large beehives uh, flooded. You don't see any ladders, any uh, you know, there's like open doors where the, the bees would have entered. You're able to see dozens and dozens of dozens of fairies. Um, each one about the size of a gnome, about two feet tall. They're all fluttering about, you know, leaving their uh, their little hives to come down to the ground level where you would see a human man tied up, completely bound, hanging upside down from a tree branch as dozens of fairies circle around him. And there's one fairy that seems kind of taller and broader chested than the rest. By taller, I mean like two and a half feet <laughs> instead of two feet, you know. His wingspan is very, very uh, large. You know, about three foot wingspan, and uh, he is there with what looks like a scepter made out of hard oak and a black orb at the top, kind of standing on a rock higher than the rest that are frenzying around the, uh, the podium that he's on, so to speak. Uh, this human male looks like he is in full plate armor. He's got kind of black hair, uh, very cut short, looks like he's kind of tall. And, uh, he is in the process, you know, he's fully tied up and they're in the process of stuffing his mouth with beeswax in order to shut him up so they can decide what to do with him.
0: As he's like, no, help me. Help!" Me, help me. <laughs> I'm not sure what we should do here. Cause generally I kind of trust nature and nature spirity things like fairies, but that, that guy looks like he's in distress.
2: See so just looking at this, not no check required, you guys would know this is very out of character for fairies. They're generally happy-go-lucky, fun-seeking. You know, they'll invite you in and, like, give you a place to sleep overnight, you know, and feed, make sure you're well-fed. Like, in their abodes, in their homes, they're very... There's, like, a fairy
1: hospitality, if you will. I cast sleep. Just, uh, <laughs> just towards the guy with the scepter. I have a thing about sleeping fairies, apparently. Um... Uh, just cast it as a level two, um, on the point on the dew of the scepter, but all the fairies around him too. All
2: right, go ahead and, uh, roll it. So level two, that'd be five D eight. Yeah. Five.
1: Is it five? Let me double check that. I thought it would be six.
2: I thought it was 48 base and then plus one for each level above. I That's might more. be mistaken. It might be five and then starting at five and then one plus three.
1: It's at five and then additional two for each level above. Okay. So it'll be 7?
2: 7. Wow. There he, yeah, that's
1: right. It's been a while since he cast Sleep. It has been a while. Uh, 10. 21. 21 plus 12. 30, 33. 33. Alright, that was 6. One more. Plus 6. 39. So 39.
2: Yeah. Alright, so uh, you go to cast Sleep. There's a magical aura that just kind of Almost like a like a wind that blows as soon as your magic emanates, Um, it gets the attention of all the other fairies as they just look up at the source of the sleep spell. All eyes turn up towards Moxie, towards you all riding Moxie. At which point, the uh, the taller, the the leader-looking one that's holding the scepter, he uh, starts to sway back and forth a little bit, and at the very last second, he catches himself and uh, bonks his head, the black stone head of the scepter to wake himself up. He goes, oh, that was a close one. I just about fell asleep there. He was, oh, hey, look at that. Just trying to give me a nap, are ya? I already had a nap. But I could always use another one after we settled present business.
1: Any any other fairies fall asleep? Um, It's a 20-foot radius.
2: It was 39 damage. Yeah. A number of them in that area fall asleep.
1: Okay. All right, uh. Yeah, hey, hey, boyo. Um, yeah, just you looked a little tired, tuckered out from all the torture. Um, Th- what said anything about
2: torture, laddie? If this is torture, then, by God, send me to prison. Well, 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 we'll talk about that. Um, is this what-
4: something else that we walked in on that we probably shouldn't have? Hi, oh, this it's- is a
1: negotiation. Is this a sex thing? We can leave. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no...
2: Wrong It's not, not me, type. No offense. And he turns towards to the, the the hanging upside down knight. That's like. There's no. This is a negotiation, don't you know?
3: No. <clears throat> what What are you guys negotiating?
2: As well. I come down here, and we'll run you through it. He says, I suppose I should introduce myself. And he flaps his wings up so he's kind of like on par with you guys as Moxie slowly lowers. He says, Me name's Lord Snufflepot.
1: It's a good name. It's a good Thank name. You.
2: Thank me parents, eh?
1: Yeah. Bobby uh... laugh. <laughs>
2: and Bobby's just like snickering into his into his cloak.
4: <laughs> Very inappropriate to the thing. Very. Hello. <laughs>
2: Say so, Theron. You feel um, you feel the Oracle's grip on your leg tighten, and you under her breath. Her eyes are like super wide, and under her breath, she just says, "If anything happens to Lord Snufflepot, so help me gods, I will kill everyone."
0: <laughs> I thought she was going to be like warning us. He's being possessed by some evil being. No, I just
1: I want to keep him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, a, a, a beg your pardon, Lord Lord Snufflepuff. Uh, from the outside, it looked a little more mischievous. Um, I'm all about the mischievous life, you and me, right? Yeah, AOT, and we're just like gonna do like a weird hand gesture, like ah, uh, what's uh, what's the nego- as my as Callie asks, what's the uh, what's the nego- negotiation for? Well, first things well met. Do you
2: require any food? We've got some fairy ale left over from our brunch. No, says far be it for me to turn down the you know fairy hospitality on days such as this surely we need we need help but that's no excuse for us to get forget our manners eh, lads and the other fairies are like right right yes manners yes patience uh, uh, politeness yes <laughs>
0: the <laughs> yeah, ones no that are awake d thing or yeah. not? but i know never accept food from a fairy and never, never accept your name anything from a fairy and never give them your name <laughs> Sorry,
4: if this is what they call negotiation, I don't want to know what their version of hospitality is.
2: He says, well, see here, the uh, we've lived in this forest for many, many hundreds of years. We've hollowed out these bee hives. You know, the bees migrate all around the forest. We hollow out their hives and make our homes. And then when the time comes and the bees come back around, we share them. But uh, dark days are upon us.
4: So what does this have to do with the guy hanging upside down with stuff shoved in his mouth?
2: As well, we're looking for uh, help of sorts. You see, there's a, uh, a, a, a a evil presence in the woods here, one that we've never felt. Well, some of us have never felt. And at this point, flying out of one of the hives, you would see yellow sun.
1: Oh shit! Oops.
2: One of the one of the uh, the fairies from earlier with Ruby Finn. When she, you needed the fairy blood for the poly, it's the polyjuice potion, polymorph Uh-oh. potion.
4: That we um, just- left
2: to fend for themselves, <laughs> as we didn't kill the witch. <laughs> yes, uh, he flies out, and you can see he's covered in scars and burns. Looks like you know he's got like pox marks. He's got like his skin is bubbled, and um, looks like someone tried to boil him alive. And uh, he flies down, and very weakly rests his feet on the ground. Goes and sits on the stone that Lord Snufflepot is standing on, and he says, "Dirty water boys, welcome back." Yeah, look at our luck here, Lord Snufflepot. He says, we have prayed and prayed and prayed for, for some kind of help against the witch Ruby Finn, and look what they've sent us.
1: Hi. She, uh, she's... <laughs> she's still giving you problems there, uh, son? Yellow son?
2: He says, yes, as a matter of fact. After she drained our sacred, uh, our sacred pool, where my people, our tribe, rejuvenates... After she poisoned our forest and left my kin for dead, I was the only survivor. I got out by unhappy chance. I'd have rather died with my people, but I knew I had to spread the word. She's now here to drain this forest of its magic as well. He says, you faithless liars, you cheaters, you scamps.
1: He says, if you had done your job, my people would still be alive. Uh, you didn't say when we had to do it. You know what? If she's up here. We'll take care of her now. We'll call it even. How about that, Yellow Sun? He is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not, like,
2: feeling very jokey about it. He's just like, I, I don't. Lord Snufflepot, honestly, I don't trust them. They've already broken their oath to my tribe. They'll leave your tribe for dead, too. And leave this forest, the last forest of the giants. As they'll leave this place cursed and poisoned as well. It's better we try our luck with this one, and he nud- he points over at the hanging upside down guy. He's like Says, he seems like a more
1: trustworthy adventure. I I got nothing, guys. He kind of he kind of has a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: uh, yeah, fairies don't don't don't
3: care for them.
0: <laughs> well,
2: at this point.
3: We can't let this happen again. We truly can't. Uh,
1: um, Lord Lord Hufflepuff, um, cor- what what the fuck was his name? See, uh, the oracle leans in. She says, "Snufflepot." All right, Lord Lord. Thank you, thank you, Nazaro. Uh Lord Snufflepot, um, we we did a, an accident with we we did Yellow Sun Dirty. I I take that responsibility on myself. I I wear I bear myself bare. I I lay myself bare up upon the altar of his forgiveness. A thousand pardons, yellow sun. That could never make up for what happened to your people. Uh, I am truly sorry, but if this is we, let me make it up to you and to let me do you a right, uh, Snufflepuff. Let us take care of Ruby Finn. She's uh she's a cold hearted bitch. And we'll, we, she needs to be taken care of. We'll, 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 we'll end her. We, we owe her one. We owe you one. We owe Yellow Sun one. And this dude here, I don't know what you can do with him. You can, he'll come along, I guess. I don't know. See, this <laughs> snufflepot, oh god,
4: his face is turning red.
1: <laughs> this snufflepot, like he's like,
2: makes it sound. He is, looks like he's considering the offer. At this, Yellow Sun would start to laugh. And say, oh, you think you can beat her now? She drained all the magic from our sacred font. He says, you were lucky to beat her then. Now, she's far too powerful.
1: Yeah, but now we're level 10. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking the fourth wall's my thing, (laughs) Theron.
2: He just winks at the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Snufflepot says, uh, well... I don't suppose that this laddie could help you. It looks like he could hold his own in a fight. Or at least take enough damage to make it worth your while. I don't hey, even know gee. why he was here in this forest. I, we, we tied him up before we thought to ask him what he was doing here.
0: So, why don't you ask
2: him? Well, I... I suppose we could. you don't happen to know him, do you? All you... You know, outside the forest lubbers.
1: You all, you all look about the same to me. No offense. What are your cousins? Yep, we're all cousins. <laughs> um, can, can I try to untie the dude that's hanging upside down, or or cut the rope or something? Absolutely, yeah.
2: Snufflepot's not gonna fight you on it, you know. Um, so, so yeah, you take your your uh, your weapon, go to cut him down. Um, tuck calls, your chin,
1: woomph, tuck tuck your chin.
2: to <laughs> say it's woomph, right on the ground as he goes and. You know, once his hands are free, he starts to dig the wax out of his mouth. <laughs> As he looks around, he draws his sword and points it at the, uh, at the at the fairies. And he's like, I do not like being captured. What do you think you're does? doing? And he says, you want my help? And then you, you had to hog tie me? <laughs> I, I am not here for you. I am not here for any of you. I'm here to find my master. Who's he's your tra- master? He's traveling in these woods. His name is Master Bando. Master Banjo? Bando, yes. You've heard of him. He uh, of course. He is a famous swordsman in the land of Hobrook.
4: Is his last was... name Namkai?
2: I do not know the words you are
1: speaking. <laughs> okay. Neither do I. I don't.
4: <laughs> Bando Namkai.
1: The... Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. Oh, okay. my God. You fucking weeb. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I legit had no idea.
1: I did.
3: As soon as you said, yeah, Namco, I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Surprised uh, Alec didn't pick up on it. I still
0: don't get what we're talking about.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Namco, welcome back. Oh, my goodness.
2: My master left the dojo. He went to go fight. Uh, He said there was a witch in the north woods that was poisoning. And I, I went to follow after him after a little bit of debate. I figured he might need a little bit of assistance, huh? And that is, I is—I—I have not seen him since. I've traveled What's these woods many weeks and I have not found him. Who What's are? your name? Tell me your name and I will tell you mine. I How do I know first. you're not spies for the witch? I ask first, you answer first. Roll persuasion.
0: Did we leave the witch on good terms? <laughs> no. Okay.
4: How about 11?
0: That beats
2: us too. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, son of a gun, you got me there. He says, my name is Gilbert. Gilbert Lander. My name is Bobby. <laughs> you, are, you are the Bobby? Nice to meet you, Mr. Bobby.
1: Yeah, hey, this what up? I'm, I'm Magna.
4: This is my I'm squire. I'm also
0: Bobby. <laughs>
4: this There's is my squire. <laughs> this is my squire, Little Boots.
2: All right,
1: nice to meet you, Mr. Boots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're, we're, we're the we're the four bobbies and, and little boots here and I'm Magna um well, it's the coincidence of so many bobbies in one group who'd have thunk it hey uh why so you came here so why did they capture you if you were gonna go kill their witch for them anyways
2: Lord Snufflepot he just kinda at this he, he kinda looks down and he's like well to be fair we didn't know he was also going after the witch we were just uh, flying around the woods here, trying to find any adventurer we could convince to kill her, and he was the first one that popped up. So we had to, to grab him and nab him before he could escape and before he could hear our offer.
1: Use your words for now on, maybe first. I mean, I could use the same. I I put half you guys asleep. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. But cool has prevailed. Hey, Snufflepot, I'll do better if you do better. Deal?
2: As I suppose it is the honey calling the comb yellow, but be it as you say.
1: Alright, uh, if you'll allow us with, uh, Gilbert here to go slay this mighty witch, um, where, if you'll allow us that, where did you last see her?
2: Well, what you got to do, says, there's a, a spot in the northwest woods that, uh, grows dark. The darker it is, the closer you're getting to the witch. says, you can't miss it, you just go, uh, that way, and he points in a vague direction.
1: Just go northwest, huh?
2: Indeed. You'll start to feel the poison in the air.
1: Alright, guys, guys, huddle up quick. Hey, hey, uh we should probably do this, right? Like, fuck. This is our this is our this is our boner, right? This is our goof em. Like, we gotta make this right. Oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah we should.
2: Uh, you hear a voice. I, mean, I agree with Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Thank you.
4: Bobby didn't say I mean, yes, I I totally came
3: up with the idea.
2: Wait, who invited
3: yes. him to the huddle?
2: Yes, Little Boots, I now pass the
1: huddle. <laughs> hey, uh, Gilbert, you wanna... You, you cool tagging along with us? I would love to. It is uh, a fair
2: assumption that my master came here to slay this witch. And if I... Uh, you know, I, I have not heard from him, so I believe he must be in peril.
1: Alright, I gotta give you clearance. I gotta check you out first to make sure you can join us. I'll make you an honorary member. A temporary member of our little group here, and I just like get a piece of paper and like write temporary dirty water boy, and I just kind of pin it to his lapel
2: what is a dirty Welcome. water boy I thought you were the bobbies
1: oh no, that's code for the four bobbies plus little boots and magna
0: is
2: it dirty water <laughs> bobbies plus big boots and magna
1: yeah
0: little boots yes. yeah,
2: it's well cool. little
1: little boots is the is the little boy over here, Bobby you'll remember that I'm Magna.
2: Once we find Master Bando, yeah, we up, need to work down. on your image.
1: Yeah, it's a work in progress, but but thank you. Appreciate it, Gilbert. Maybe, mo- maybe more of an acronym. Ooh. Yeah, we'll work on that. You know? Yeah.
2: Master Bando is a master in all things, including adventuring parties. He's a master and, of acronyms? <laughs> indeed. He's out taught and educated at the UCL.
1: The UCL. What's that?
2: you will learn, my boy. And he pats you on the head. He says, you will learn.
1: That doesn't stand for UCL. What's the C stand for?
2: (laughs) And he just triumphantly strides towards Snufflepot. He says, my lord, it would be my honor to kill this witch, rid her from your forest, and save my master alongside with my bobbies.
4: That sounds vulgar.
2: (laughs) Along with my bobbies.
0: (laughs) All right, well, uh,
2: bows, graciously accepts. And, uh, he says, well, I need to know then, is there something I can do for you? You know, what what with the fairy hospitality and all? He says, I I don't want you to think that we're giving you all of our
1: ordeal. Could very well be sending you to your death." We just beat up a dragon like yesterday. I mean, I think we got it. Yeah, you just uh,
2: point
0: us which way to go.
2: The yellow sun just looks, at. he kind of squints his eyes and leans back and smiles, and he says, yes, of course, you beat up a dragon. And now you'll kill the witch, just like that, of course. Yellow sun, you
1: want to come with us and supervise us with your attitude? Make sure we do it right? Avenger kid, or your, your, oh yeah, I don't know why I had this attitude towards you, you're the one who got wronged. You want to come with us and make sure we do it right there, buddy? (laughs) He says, no, I'll hear about
2: your deaths from the woodland creatures. That'll Ooh, be you, could good enough watch a- you could watch us die, Yellow Sun. That'd be cool. Come on. You can watch us die. Come on. Okay. So he- he's going to stay put. He's had enough death and destruction for uh, a lifetime. Um, Snufflepot is going to uh, kind of direct you guys. He's got like a little fairy guide that's going to help you find the main road. And then the darkness is along the main road. One, of the- I should say one of the main roads cutting through the forest. The darker it gets, the closer you're getting to the witch. And you'll know it when you feel it. All right, yeah, we just uh, we just go that way, right? Gilbert Landa is very excited. He says, finally, we are together. We have a purpose. Bobby, 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 Little Boots, with me. Where am I going? He says, who are you? I thought called- I thought I'm you were Magna.
1: Bobby. I'm Magna. What kind of name is Magna? It's a dumb one. My parents oh, were dumb you and say- should be hated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, he doesn't have a last name.
2: <laughs> is your last name Nanimus?
1: It's actually Bobby.
2: Magna Bobby. This that's, not,
1: of that's not canon. That's not canon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this level of absurdity is getting too much for me. Come, let us wet my blade
1: with blood. <laughs> um, I wanna give everyone make sure people we can communicate with Rocky Talkies. I wanna get a top vantage of it. I wanna take uh, Moxie up and see if I can see like the center point of the darkness, if that's possible. Totally.
2: Yeah, Moxie will take you up probably about two miles away. You see wisps of smoke puffing their way through the treetops.
1: Spumoni. Uh, Hey, fellas, about two miles ahead. um, I see looks like puffs of smoke, maybe a cabin or a factory or something.
2: Heck yeah. Um, So for those of you on the ground, as you approach this darkness um, off like off the beaten path, you would start to hear uh, like screams shrieking. Gnashing of teeth, kind of echoing off throughout the woods. Seems that um, as you pr- as you progress down the, uh, down the main road here, you would hear a lot of um, cries for help. You would hear a lot of anguish. There's a point where you find a pool of mud. And right when you go to step in for a split second, it feels like your leg goes all the way through and it throws you off balance until you blink a few times and realize that you just slipped a lot of sort of illusion magic the deeper you get down the road here. Even the air itself seems to grow heavier with every passing step.
3: I don't like this forest. It keeps tricking me. Um, Is there any way that we can, I guess, kind of counteract the illusions of the forest? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So it'd be like a, either we'll say a wisdom save or an insight check, whichever one's better insight to kind of see like what's actually happening mm-hmm. and uh, be able to recognize, no, you know, this is, this is the same woods we were in. It's just illusion magic wisdom saved to shake off the magical effects more innately.
1: Do I do that in the air also? Uh, in the air, it's different.
2: You know, as you break the canopy of trees, you just feel like the cool breeze on your face. It it seems to be localized in the woods, in the forest. Okay. Yeah, if you were to peek your head down in, it would immediately hit you like a foul odor, to the point where you'd have to like even pull your head up and get some fresh air.
1: All right, I'm gonna stay above for a little bit. I got twenty right, five. Twenty five. So f- okay.
0: On a wisdom save or insight check, that word. All right, Kelly Magna,
2: what do we got? Insight or wisdom?
4: I'll do a wisdom saving throw. Right. Yep.
2: Okay, yeah, that's higher. I'll do the wisdom. That there's a twenty-four. Perfect. Yes, you're able to shake off the effects.
3: I got a fuck you, natural twenty, and the total is actually thirty. Ooh. Wow. The
2: highest roll we've had, I think. Yeah. That's the highest DC available in, in 5E by design. Yeah, so uh so pretty much you guys are all able to shake off the effects. Calon, and you're able to shake them off almost immediately, you know, seeing right through the illusions. Uh there's a point where Bobby Steps in a, you know, a little bit of mud and you look, you see him look down and his jaw drops and his eyes are agape and he's just like, why? Well, oh, oh, whose blood is that? Oh, God. And he starts to like panic and hyperventilate. Magna grabs his arm and pulls him away. He's oh, Magna, what's Magna? What's wrong with your face? Where did all those boils come from? Where are ah! they getting bigger? Magna, Magna. Snap out of and it. He, say, do you do anything to snap him out of it or just yell uh, at him? Magnus gonna
4: kind of like smack him in the cheek. cheek.
2: All it's right, so like, as you know. do that, that assist action is gonna give him advantage on his wisdom save. You smack him, you leave a good, a nice little five star in his cheek, and uh, you see it, It's almost like a glaze comes off of his eyes as he blinks a few times. He says, "Oh, oh, you, you look much better, Dadna," and he smiles. We good? Uh, we good? I don't know what was on your face a moment ago. I'm glad it's gone.
4: Thank god.
2: We good? See, so at this point you guys notice you've lost Nazera.
3: Oh. Uh uh what? Shit.
2: Theron, you lost your best friend.
0: No, Magna, you're my best friend.
4: <gasps>
0: <laughs> um
4: You're not allowed to hold my hand though.
0: Can I do like a wisdom or intelligence check to see how long ago it might have been or is the illusion going to kind of mess with that? That would be more in the realm of investigation okay okay we'll try that um yeah i don't i have no idea when or where she went or if she even really existed at all i rolled (laughs) that one and i only have a plus one so that's a two
2: (laughs) yeah so you have no idea where where she is you don't see any tracks you don't see any marks um Magna, Kalanon, do you guys wanna give it a shot? Magna, we'll say Bobby's giving you advantage with his assist action. And then what am I doing? Uh investigation. And then Gilbert Londa is gonna give Kalanon advantage with his assist action.
4: <gasps>
2: as they're also Natural peeling 20. the ground for nice. Natural 20. So what is the result?
4: Twenty-one. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um so in assist action i did to roll twice right uh yes roll
2: with advantage awesome natural one you rolled double nat ones yeah i did i i rolled <laughs>
3: <up>. i, I <laughs> got not market, to I find got her. natural 20 and, I, and then i got two nat ones and I'm just like it, she, she doesn't no even so know where
2: anymore.
4: he doesn't even oh. know where he is well, that one's a seven
2: we will say Gilbert is like not really sure either. He's still kind of like half entranced, half out of it. He's like, oh, what are these mushrooms doing here? And he like goes and picks up like a small, like prickly plant off the ground. And He's like, oh, don't you look delicious, you little dumpling. And he goes and bites down on the prickly plant and he's like chewing on it. And he's like, well, Oracle's not over
0: here. They're going to start like freaking out and just like running off in a, the direction we came from, just kind of screaming, Nazara! Nazara! Hey Magna, you,
2: so as as Theron runs off the way you guys came, seeing it, you know, assuming that you're looking like to see if she stops somewhere or you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Magna, you were able to find a small set of footprints in the mud It's getting tracked and almost like there's tall grass between the trees that was like pushed aside as someone was stepping on it. Um, indicating I'm, that that's, that's the direction she went in.
4: I'm going to summon Silverthorn. and like, yeah. I'm going to pretty much have him follow that. Cause he can pretty much, I think his range is like a mile or something like that. And so I'm going to have him pretty much run ahead and follow the tracks, sniff her out.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Silverthorn like looks at you, purrs a little bit, does like an adorable lion head boop and then makes his way through the forest. Go get her boy Takes off through the woods Yes Say so, so Theron as you make your way back the way you came um, Eventually in the middle of the road You would see a shimmery image Like a spectral image Of the oracle Nazera She's standing there You see a large gaping hole in her chest And when she opens her mouth No sound comes out
0: Nazera? Theron's gonna, like, just walk closer to her with, like, his arms stretched out. Alright. Like, trying to touch her shoulder.
2: Yeah, she would, as you approach, she would stick her hand out as well, gently, trying to caress your cheek. And as soon as you guys make contact, she disappears, and the illusion wears off. You can see that she was not there after all.
0: Maybe she really didn't exist. So Theron's just gonna use Conjure Animal. We'll go with an elk. We'll summon a giant elk and use it to move a little faster through the forest and head back towards where Magna is. And on all the rest of other than other than Magna in the sky. Magna on the ground.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so you make your way back astride this giant elk. Um, you'd be, you know, uh, Gilbert would fill you in. He's like, ah, you know, Bobby over here. He summoned the giant lion. He's able to talk to it and give it orders. He sent it running after the scent. Should be back any minute now, I would think. And after maybe ten minutes, the uh, you hear the lion Silverthorn making his way back through the woods. So in his mouth, you notice that there's like a torn rag with a little bit of blood on it, and he spits it out right at Magna's feet. You guys would instantly recognize it As part of the hem of the clothing That Nazera was wearing There's a little bit of blood on it Magnus is going to
4: pick it up And uh, ask him Where did did you find
2: this? Silverthorn instinctively Turns back towards the woods And kind of looks back at you guys Like he's thinking like follow And then he proceeds to lead you guys Down the track, head to the ground Sniffing along to make sure he's got the right scent
4: Magnus gonna follow. Tell Bo- he's Callinan. gonna turn around to Bobby. Follow, come, come on, let's go.
0: Callan on, hop on. Uh, okay.
3: <clears throat> Callinan, Callinan hops on. The right. Giant elk,
0: so I figured it can carry a couple people.
2: Heck yeah! So you guys make it um, through the woods to grandmother's house. We go. Eventually, you know, the darkness gets deeper. Seems like there's uh, more screaming, crying, wails of punishment and fear coming from the woods. Uh, you see trees that look like they've grown mangled and twisted and deformed. Almost seems like this side road itself, following Silverthorn, is the trees are twisting up around you, like they're going to try and swallow you whole. Like the uh, the tunnel that you're going through, the tunnel through the trees, so to speak, is getting smaller and smaller, almost to a sense of like claustrophobia. Until finally you reach a, a bit of a clearing. You can see that the trees have been cleared, but the trees around this clearing have... You know, they still kind of... They're tall and mangled and they still continue the canopy. You see the hut of Ruby Finn, the witch. It looks exactly as it did before. Uh, but the fence, you can see there's a, a black iron fence surrounding the house. And on each fence post, there is the skull of a fairy. You can see that there's a garden and tending the garden are two. They look like zombified flesh golems. And Their jaws are hanging slack. One's got like a trowel and the other one has got a giant pail where he's watering this like black ooze onto the plants. It immediately seeps into the dirt and you can see the plants wilt. You see the plume of smoke coming from the chimney of the house up through the trees.
4: Do we see the Oracle, or where? Where is Silverthorn taking us?
2: Like, is he heading towards the hut, or is he, is he like he's po- take, doing the point pose? <laughs> he's taking you right to the front gate, where you see. Um, looks like that was. There's a little bit of blood on the the gate. There's like a sharp edge, and that was looks to be where he got the uh, the piece of the dress, or the the clothing rather, the garment, the ripped, torn garment with the blood on it. Is this where she's at?
0: Theron's gonna hop off the uh, the elk and kind of like wait for Kalinon to do the same.
3: <laughs> Kalinon will of course hop off with Theron because he's not gonna be able to ride an elk on his own.
0: No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna undo the elk. I'm gonna cancel that spell, let it go away, and summon a rhinoceros. <laughs> well then. All
4: right.
1: Burning those spell slots, huh? That's mm-hmm. okay, I got four of them. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have you guys uh, roll perception?
4: Yeah.
0: At this point, Theron's kind of freaking out, because, you know, missing
3: another person, and yeah, he's, 12 he's gonna... 12 for Magna? Russian quick. I got an 8. Okay. I want you to know I have a plus 10 to my perception. Um, but I rolled a natural one again. This is the third official roll that I've gotten a natural one. Jesus. Maybe trade out your d20s, my guy. Statistically,
0: this shouldn't be happening. Well, no, that just means right, you're 20. gonna get a bunch of d20s later. So
4: I want... Before we do anything else, I Magna wants to really... wants to try to figure out exactly where the oracle is at. Where Naz- Nazera is at. Um, he's going to have... Silverthorn kind of walk around stealthily trying to pinpoint her actual location so, so that we can figure out a plan <laughs> cuz if he's inside we don't want to we don't want to just barge in and then end up getting her killed or whatever.
2: Right. So. Well yeah, and and from what you can tell, you know, she's got kind of a, a bit of a garden out here being tended to by these two zombified flesh golems. Um, you don't see her outside. So you would assume then that she's probably inside with the witch.
4: Is there any other openings to the cabin, by chance?
2: Uh, So the cabin itself, there's kind of a a thin, tall staircase that leads up to the entrance. It's about six feet up, and then a, a little thin staircase that leads up to it. The house itself looks like a cabin in the woods. It has several large windows. It's got a chimney on the back that's spewing this little foul black smoke. Um, I should mention with that perception check, you guys would have been able to notice Big Boots peek his head in through the trees and then immediately start to gag and have to pull his face out from the canopy. Big Boots, you would have also
1: seen them approach as well. Oh, I thought I was just playing scabs with Moxie, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there
2: is a a front entryway. You could try and launch yourself over the gate. The gate's about eight feet tall.
0: Um, Oh, that's what the rhino's for.
2: Yeah, you could try and barge your way through. Either way, there's there's not really a quiet way to do this. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Theron just sends the Rhino to charge the gate and, like, bust it open.
2: Alright, do you have the Rhino stats pulled up? I do. Alright, let's have that Rhino roll an athletics check.
0: That's gonna be an 11.
2: 11? Alright, so the Rhino hits the gate. Boom! Bends the, uh... The iron a little bit. Not as much as you would think, though. The Rhino backs up and goes to charge a second time. Go ahead and roll it again. Okay. That's going to be a
0: 23.
2: All right. He goes, boom, and bends it even more. At this point, the two zombified flesh golems drop what they're doing, and they start making their way over to the bending gate. Uh, the Rhino, at this point, is, you know, he's kind of dazed and
1: confused. It's all gonna right, take all a- right, all right, all right.
2: <laughs> it's going to take a separate athletics check to finish bending down and busting the fence for you guys to come in. At this point, it's bent at about a 45 degree angle.
1: Can I uh, can I come through the smoke and make my, my check? Yes. Uh, how's the 13 get me?
2: 13. So as you fly through and you kind of make your way down into the canopy, the darkness hits you. It's kind of overwhelming, this feeling of dread and loneliness and sadness as you look at the dirty water boys it's like you blink a few times and they all look normal except for their faces which are like a dull pale skeleton uh, where their skulls kind of look up at you and you see like this red light
1: in their eyes ah my future sight's starting to kick in all right i can see what's happening though at least yes yeah you can see you saw a rhino
2: try to bust into the fence twice knocked it at it bent it at about a 45 degree angle
1: Hey, guys, remember there was a password to get in. Um, uh, Ruby Finn, Ruby Finn, let us on in. So at this point, the, uh, the zombie flesh golems,
2: they stop in their tracks and you see them both, you know, the ones like slack jawed, like the jaws hanging by just like a tendon, you know, and the other one smiles and you hear this wicked laughter coming from inside the hut as the door flies open, like like from the wind of a hurricane and Ruby Finn steps out. You can see she's in a long black wizard's robe. She's got a spell book in one hand and a wand in the other. Around her is a belt that has several sacrificial sac- sacrificial looking daggers and a few potions. And she's just laughing. She says, oh, dirty water boys. Welcome back. It's been a while. Is hey. here to help? here to help me pollute another forest? Or maybe I should just finish sucking the power out of that oracle first. She is delicious.
1: Um, well, we're, we're going to take the oracle back with us. Uh, unharmed, or at least no more harm than you've already given her. And then we're going to kill you.
2: Sound good? She just squints her eyes and says, better men have tried. You, your chance has been wasted. I'll have my uh, my servants deal with you. Gardeners! She claps her hands together, and both of the flesh golems charge you guys. At which point, Gilbert, he's going to draw his longsword, and he's like, where's my master, you witch? I swear to the gods, if you've eaten him, I will cut your head off and put it on a spike. And he goes and so, you know, the 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 fence is about 45 degrees. He jumps on the fence, bends it a little bit and almost uses that to spring himself into the combat. Uh, Go ahead and roll initiative, guys.
4: Uh, 19 for Magna.
1: 16 for Big Boots or also Magna. (laughs)
0: 25 for Theron and 18 for the Rhino. Do I need to roll one for Silverthorn?
2: Silverthorn's not going to participate in the combat and really the rhino wouldn't i mean the rhino is a wild animal he's not gonna go inside and fight either
3: i i want you guys to know i did not roll a natural one i rolled a four i'm very happy about this (laughs) so that's a, a nine for my initiative
2: you quadrupled your roll so far in our combat with a 25 theron goes first Okay, so we're
0: on the other side of the gate still, so we have to make it over the gate? Right. Well, the the fence, yeah. Okay. All right, so Theron's actually going to just run up and just kind of stand on top of the bent part of the gate for this minute, depending how f- how far away is the gate.
2: Right in front of you guys. At.
0: Okay. So I guess, yeah. Stand on top of it. Get get a little bit of high ground going here. All right. Then what? i uh, going to fire. And you said there's two flesh golems? Two flesh golems. Yep. They look
2: zombified. So that's going to affect their stats a little bit from a normal flesh golem.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Theron will aim at the one on the right and just going to shoot it with his bow first. I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark on it, which will make the rhino disappear because con- concentration is a thing. And then I'm gonna shoot it. Two shots, cause multi-attack. And one of them's gonna miss. And the other one is gonna be a 31. 31 hits. Okay. That's gonna be 16 damage.
2: Alright. So yeah, your arrow pierces the thick hide of this zombified flesh golem. It lets out a guttural roar as the other half of its jaw falls off. So it's just got like the top row of, like the top row of teeth with every other teeth missing and uh it's it's gonna remember that on its turn
0: yeah theron's gonna go ahead and hop off the fence back to like our side
2: after theron we have the bad guys so the flesh uh the flesh golem on the right is going to charge theron um he's going to On his turn, kind of, I mean, these guys are, they're like large sized, you know, so they could more or less with the fence bent, they'd be able to get over it uh, with relative ease. And he's going to make both of his attacks against you. Uh, So that would be two slam attacks against Theron. All right, that is a 21 and a 23. They both hit. All right. So yeah, he just like starts pummeling you with his stanky fists. That would be nine okay. damage on nine the old steak fist, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nine on the first, 15 on the second. It's like stanky leg, but far more deadly.
1: <laughs> I do the stanky leg.
2: Say so the other ones, uh, the, the one on the left is going to come up. All right, so and he's coming after you. So he's okay. going to run by Gilbert. Gilbert's going to use his reaction to make a attack of opportunity. Which Nat ones, so he's swinging a miss as the flesh golem jumps over the bent fence and he comes down and tries to slam ya. That'd be a 16 and a 23. One hits. Alright, hitting you for 17 damage on that
1: slam witch.
3: Jesus. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was gonna use a thing, but like, no, Kelly's probably alright. No, never mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be fine, I
2: say. Alright, then the witch is going to go. She is going to cast Fireball at you guys. She's going to center it out in the forest so it doesn't catch either of her flesh golems. Because they're not very cool with that. Um, And we're going to cast Fireball at 6th level.
1: Am I I out of the blast zone because I'm up in the air? You are, yep. Alright. Alright, so Fireball at
2: 6th level. That would be that is 1d6 for each spot of the third. That'd be 8, 9, 10, 11. So 11d6. I want you guys to make a deck save. Deck
3: save. Yep. Woo. I, I used the other dice this time. I'm very happy that I switched. 11 <laughs> or 14, <laughs> 14, Four- 14, won't get
2: there. I got a night. Am I, am I in front of everybody
4: A chance?
1: Not really.
2: Combat has just started. The fireball is
1: behind you guys, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's catching you guys, and it's going to light the forest on fire a bit. Say so the DC is
3: 19.
0: I got 19.
3: All right, so you're taking half. I rolled a 19. I have a 24. All right. Nice.
2: And then Magnus taking the brunt of it. It's
1: not the All kid gloves right, so- anymore. <laughs> Ever since the mind flare fat fight. It's just been like, no, we're we're really fighting now. <laughs> All right, so that is going to be
2: thirty-eight damage, halved would be nineteen.
1: You guys okay down there? Yeah,
2: a little ex- extra crispy.
1: <laughs> Magnus just like <laughs> he's just like
4: <laughs> out of his back. Yeah, we're good.
1: That was pretty he's cool though. Large. That was that was a badass attack. Good job, Ruby. That was cool. Well,
2: well, i you see your eyes. enjoyed it. You see her eyes glow red. She says, Well, good, because I'm just getting started. (laughs) Joy. After her, we have 19. Magna.
4: Ah, yes, that is me! Who is.
1: Don't forget, you haven't used this yet. You have Divine Smite, which does radiant damage. Do I? You should. You're a paladin. Paladin.
2: Jinx. (laughs) Magna's
4: going to swing at the closest person.
2: And do right. he does that, best? That would be the left flesh golem. <coughs> the right. one that was on Kalanon
4: All right, and then he's going to give him a good whack. Fuck. Uh, 20?
2: That'll hit. <laughs> you All said right. fuck over a 20? Well,
4: it was like <laughs> it was like going to really be on good. 13. It was it was on 13 and then 11. I have a plus 9 on hit though, so and that is extra 4 damage of uh, thunder damage.
2: All right. So how much total?
4: Uh, eleven altogether.
2: For, for eleven. That first swing. Is that with the four radiant? Yeah. And then. Yeah, I'm just gonna go and attack again. Okie doke. Same guy. Same guy. Perfect. Yeah. Go ahead and make the attack roll.
4: Uh, 23.
2: That'll also hit. Yep. For
4: eleven damage
2: yeah so uh we'll say this guy's like going after kalan you know trying to slam him with his giant like rotting fists and magna he doesn't even notice you as you come up to the side and just like take a chunk out of him and then another chunk out of him the rotting flesh just flies off of him
4: and that's that's it for me
2: heck yeah after magna we have big boots with a 16. all right uh i'm going to it is ruby finn like in the doorway She's in the doorway on the steps, yeah, and she's casting, you know, casting spells and stuff from the doorway.
1: Okay, uh, I was gonna try to sneak in and get in there. I don't think I can get past her though. Let's just do Crown of Madness on the one golem that's like farther, closer to Ruby Finn.
2: Say so at this point they're both, neither one of them is close to her. At this point they're off beyond the fence, attacking the Dirty Water Boys who are outside the fence, and she's casting from a range.
1: All right, uh. Let's just. I'll I'll do the one that's just even slightly closer to her. All right. It's a wisdom save.
2: Wisdom. (laughs) Yeah. If there's one thing flesh golems are known for, it's wisdom saves. I knew it. Here we go. Four.
1: Uh, That actually makes it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. Uh. Yeah. So uh, on his turn, I'm gonna make him try to. (sighs) How far distance is it to Ruby Finn from for him?
2: for him so for for all of you guys it's
1: about 40 feet away all right let's just on his turn he's gonna attack the other golem okie doke
2: all right then after big boots we have gilbert he's gonna be like taste my steel you sons of bitches and he goes up and he attacks the one that attacked uh theron that was the right flesh golem first attack's gonna hit second attack also hits with a great sword. Flesh Golem takes the damage. And there we go. Yeah, he's cleaving pieces of him out with his sword. His sword, you notice, as it's cleaving and getting, like, blood and muck on it, starts starts to glow. Almost as if it's been activated. And he's just letting out guttural, like... As <laughs> he's swinging back and forth at this thing. Uh, so Theron currently, then... You would have adv- you're, you would have advantage because you and Gilbert are both flanking on this guy. He's hitting it in the back, and this thing's right up on you.
0: Okay. Um, first thing I'm
2: gonna do. Uh, uh, so real quick though. Um, yeah, that's me. We so after Gilbert, we have Kalanon with a nine.
3: Awesome. Um, I speaking of which, channel divinity. I haven't have that available to me. Um, I will go ahead and use Radiance of the Dawn on Ruby. It's a con saving throw.
2: All right. There
3: we go. Con save. That'd be a 22. All right. Uh, they're going to take half on a success then. Okay. So that would be 2d10 plus 10. Okay. So that's 10 radiant damage uh, as a bonus action. I am going to cast mass heal words. Excellent. So that is, we are all going to heal 15. <laughs> I like your Mr. Poopy
1: butthole.
2: <laughs> good stuff. Got a little bit of heal, a little bit of, a sn- little bit of smack. Good, good stuff. All right. Anything else? Any, uh, Nope. Any that was uh, any... That was an, that was an action and a bonus action. Fantastic. So you're going to stay put then while you're casting those.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So then the round will reset to Theron with a 25. I'm a fighter now, as well as a ranger. So I have lay on hand, not lay on hands. That's Joey. Uh, I have second wind. I'm going to use that to get myself one D 10 plus my fighter level, which is one for a total of seven health back. Alrighty, and then I'm going to back away from the zombified flesh golem, and if he decides to do an opportunity attack, he will have disadvantage, because I have escaped the horde. Okie doke, he will. So with disadvantage, that is a 16 to hit. That is is a miss. Uh, So I'm going to back away basically as far as I can without getting into the fiery forest, Uh, just to distance myself from this guy. And gonna go ahead and shoot him twice with my bow. Alrighty. Four totals of first shot is a twenty-five, second shot is a seventeen or twenty. Both hit. Okay. Alright. It's gonna be a total of twenty-four damage. Alrighty. Nicely
2: done. Yeah, so we'll say one sticks him in the throat, one sticks him right in the chest. Pushes through to where Gilbert is able to see the, the pointy end of the arrow sticking out of its back. And he's like, that was a good one. That was a good shot, little man. You keep it up. We kill these things and then we go home and have beer.
0: No, we, we kill these things and then we rescue our friends.
2: Oh, that is true. Yes, I skip a few steps. It's very understandable in the heat of battle and all that. <laughs> <laughs> After Theron, we have the berries. Alright, so Theron, so you just uh, did a whole bunch of damage to her, one of our flesh golems Ruby Finn is going to cast a 7th level spell fuck. It's called Finger of Death yeah. It's an action, right. ranges 60 feet One target, need to make a con save Con save of 19
0: Oh yeah, I don't even think I can make that Let's see Oh, fuck, I got an 18 Ugh oh, I have a plus 0 con if I only had a plus one con, I would have made it.
2: All right. How much health do you
0: have? <laughs> 57.
2: She uh, points at you. You fall to the ground.
1: uh. uh, uh Theron? Th- Theron?
2: Hey, so Theron, everything immediately goes dark as you're hit in the chest by this beam, this black beam that shoots through the air at you. Um, You get this weird smell in your nostrils is the first thing you notice. Smells almost like a burning. Eventually, you're able to open your eyes and everything is black, but you still smell this kind of burning. You hear almost like a crack as a line of sconces illuminate themselves along a long Hallway, Probably about 20 feet wide, uh, 40 feet long, heading up to a sort of throne. It's m- kind of a mixture of a throne and a desk. Uh, sitting at that throne, you see a creature. Looks like he um, he's made of bone. Uh, you can see his hands are stained red with blood. And he's got long, pointy fingers. And he has uh, a pair of glasses on. He's sitting at the desk... I have a pair of bifocals, and he's holding his quill, dipping quill in blood, and signing papers. And there's, like, the in-pile and the out-pile. The in-pile is all the way up to here, and the out-pile is only a couple of sheets. And he looks like he's frantically trying to sign these. As he looks over at you, he says, Ah, oh, I wondered when you would show up. It's been a while. Since I've had a uh, living visitor. Well, sort of living, he smiles. You can see the blackness in his eyes as like a deep void. He says, "Come,
0: you are, uh, you, you must be the, the god of death."
2: Hmm, god of death. No, if only. I am merely a, f- a big fan. He says, "Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Lycus." Go ahead and roll religion,
0: Theron. Thirteen.
2: You would have heard of Lycus back in your youth. Uh, he is a demonic baron.
0: Baron, okay. I thought he said demonic <laughs> Theron. I'm like, he's a demon? Me? Uh, can you spell that for me real quick? Uh, L-Y-K-A-S
2: a, um, He waves uh, his hand and like out of a mirage, like a chair appears. Looks like it's made of black granite. He's come, have a seat. Sit a spell. Let us talk.
0: Uh, Theron walks up, has a seat, and Instead of speaking in common, he's going to start speaking in infernal, because, you know, why not? What can I do for you?
2: He says, well, really, it's about what I can do for you. See, I've been keeping tabs on your dirty watcher fellas, and uh, there's several times where you've avoided meeting me. But uh, rest assured, he says, the gloves are off. He says, I have an offer for you. And he smiles, his wicked smile, and you can see his teeth are like, also stained red like his fingertips and they're sharp, his shark teeth, you know. He says, it seems to me that you've fallen in battle fighting Ruby Finn.
0: Uh, Theron just kind of like coming to the realization that of what probably happened to him now is just like, oh, yeah, last last thing I remember is she pointed at me. Am I am I dead?
2: So, well, that remains to be seen. But uh, needless to say, finger of death. Classic. Classic and he kinda shakes his head. This is so like her, I swear. He says, Look, I I can't control where you go when you die. But you seem like a fellow that has much more to do, would that be a safe assumption? Gotta save that pretty little oracle after all, and you see this glint in his black eyes.
0: What do you want from me?
2: And he says, Well, nothing from you. I'm prepared to make you a deal. And he kind of does a flourish with his hands and like press digitates a, a blank scroll. And he goes and dips the quill into the blood and starts to write out a contract. He says, Ruby Finn took something from me long ago and I, I require it back. He says that uh, handy dandy little spell book of hers was not hers to take. as it has some very sensitive information about myself. And I, I should like that not reaching the public.
0: So you want me to get
2: your diary back? Indeed. Once you acquire it, I want you to take a handful of her ashes, throw it in the fire, and then throw the book in the fire. and It will instantly be transported to me on my desk here. It's the, the nature of the return spell. It says, in return, I'm prepared to offer you this. He says there is a magical aura that gives her immense power surrounding her abode in the woods, as I could nullify that for a time. Give you a better chance of of beating her. In addition, I will return you back unharmed to your dirty water mongrels.
0: And that that's it. No other strings attached.
2: I'm sure I'll see you again soon. But for now, I require my book. Do we have an accord? as soon as he says that he finishes writing out the terms turns the paper to you slides it across the desk and you can see the terms are this he'll return you back with full hp full spell slots inspiration as well and then also he's going to nullify the her her layer power so like like with dragons you know they have like layer actions if they're in their abode she has kind of a similar setup here uh if When you beat her, you return his spell book using the method he described. Take her ashes, throw them in the fire, and then throw the book in the fire.
0: Theron's a little iffy on it, because, like, obviously he has stuff to do and wants to, you know, go back to life, but also making a deal with a demon. So he's just kind of eyeing the contract over just to make sure there's no, like, hidden clauses or anything like that. So after a minute or two, Theron takes the contract and just eyes it up and down and you see like a real look of like strain and concentration in his eyes and he just like rubs his temple i'm uh i'm not sure